Because first and foremost, I am a human with a voice. You are Aaron. You are a human with a voice. The people who are listening to this podcast are humans with a voice. So I try really hard to just show that what I'm doing, yes, I work my tail off to get to where I'm at. But at the end of the day, I'm a human who believes she could and proceeded. Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin, and today is a very special episode for me. It is something that is on a very personal bucket list of mine in terms of guests to have on the show. I am tickled pink to invite the one and the only Jam Gamble to the show today. Jam, you are making my year. Thank you for being on the show. You're welcome. Jam Gamble is somebody that I've talked about as being hugely influential in my life. I took the Slay the Mic course in 2021, March. It was cohort three. I launched Medium Lady Talks right before the cohort. And I expected that when I went through Slay the Mic that Jam was going to make me a super special podcaster. Instead, what I got was the gift of a lifetime, which is something that is sustained me and sustained my own self and my own growth and development well beyond any podcast, which is trusting my voice, using my voice, growing my voice. So we're going to talk all about that today. Jam, welcome to Medium Lady Talks. This is so exciting. You said you're tickle pink. I'm still stuck on that. (laughs) (laughs) It's such an airy thing to say, tickle pink. I do have a lot of isms (laughs) and you don't really realize that. You must have isms. You have isms too. I said what I said. I guess I do, but I don't realize it either. Until you start recording yourself and people start saying like, I started talking like you. I started, you know, which is a lovely compliment. Jam, for those in the audience who have been living under a rock, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're all about? Oh, goodness. Um, Come out from underneath the rock, friends. (laughs) I'm a human who has a voice, who has learned how to, like you said, love, trust and honor my voice. And now I am, or I've been on a mission to help other humans learn how to love, trust, and honor their voice. And so I've been a speaking coach for almost 10 years, Mm. I think, almost 10 years. I don't pay attention to those milestones. I think I measure like what I do in terms of like people Mm -hmm. I've helped, not how long I've been doing it. But this is, this is what I think I was set on this earth to do is to teach and lead and inspire. So that's me in a nutshell. I've mentioned briefly the Slay the Mic course. I took cohort three. There have been other cohorts since, and there will continue to be cohorts. We talked a little bit about cohort eight, which will launch later in the fall. Um, I thought we could talk a little bit about the Slay the Mic course. You know, one of the really dynamic parts of the course is participants learn from you in real time over about 11, 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And while there is an agenda and a purpose to every week. There's also this opportunity to sort of learn from someone who is activating their subject matter expertise on the daily. Yeah. So there's this sort of like parallel learning process. There's this, I don't want to call it didactic because it's not didactic, but there's this like content. Mm. And then there's this experiential piece inside of things. 
when I started Slay the Mic, I don't know if you remember that. I'm sure you, well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I probably will. When I started Slay the Mic, you had just gone viral for a talk on Rachel Hollis. My claim to fame. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Your fame goes beyond this. But you had, I'm sure you've had many moments of virality, but it was very interesting timing because the cohort started as this talk had gained a lot of traction. You were saying a lot of truths about Rachel Hollis and her point of view and her pretending to be something she wasn't and making money off of that. Yeah. It was really, for me, Jam, double the education to both learn from you, but then to follow you online through your own experience. And I'm really curious, like, was it always designed that way? You said, I'm a human with a voice and I want other humans to find their voice. Has it always been, you know, walk the walk and talk the talk? The reason why that's a hard question for me to answer is because I don't think I'm as aware of how I do things Mm. as other people are. Yeah, that's fair. And so I'm in the moment. I'm talking in the moment. I'm teaching in the moment. I'm saying things in the moment, whatever it may be, that like even how you summarize it, like this parallel learning, I'm like, oh, (laughs) yes, (laughs) right? So I don't think, I think I'm just, I think what the work that I'm doing, it's not just about me. So I don't really focus on me and how I do me because I'm thinking about how my actions and my words and my voice impacts people. Mm. But I'm not tracking like how I do things. I can never explain it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But you are aware of the fact that there is something special about not just getting the content from you, but then also watching you practice what you preach, I guess, for like a lack of a better term. Yes. So what's interesting about that is like, I've been teaching Slay the Mic since 2017. And I was doing in-person workshops. I think a lot of people forget that part of the story. So I was doing in-person workshops, masterclasses, events like that. When the pandemic hit in 2020, I was supposed to create the course back in like October 19. 2019, sorry. And it was supposed to be an evergreen. It was me taking um, clips that my husband had recorded from my last masterclass and repurposing that into evergreen. Because in the course world, that's what we're taught. Evergreen, evergreen, evergreen. Make money while you sleep. Yeah. A lot of people don't like to teach live because there's way more demand placed on you, right? Yeah. And so I was in the process of putting together this evergreen course and I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling excited. Mm. I wasn't feeling connected to it. And then simultaneously, I was planning the Slay the Mic Canadian tour because I thought I was big enough to go across Canada. (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to go to different provinces. I'm going to do these small masterminds. I'm going to grow my community. When the course hit in 2020, that was around the time that George Floyd was murdered Black Lives Matter um, took center stage and then people were checking themselves and their privilege and then realizing that they did not have really diverse followers or they weren't following a lot of diverse voices. So all of a sudden, almost overnight, Mm. I started getting attention that I was never getting. So when you talk about this whole, oh, people could learn from you while you're doing it, that wasn't a part of the plan, Erin. Yeah. It wasn't a part of the plan. I, I had no intention of all of a sudden becoming a household name and and doing things in real time. I just knew I had this course. I was going to teach the course. All this is happening. I'm I'm navigating this in real time while teaching. Yeah. I wasn't prepared for it. No. At all. 
So that's why I think I'm stumped by that question because like I never set out for people to watch me do this, especially online because everything got online, right? Yeah. We're in the pandemic. We're not doing in-person events. Everything is virtual. Everything's online. So now I'm getting even more attention. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I never thought that I would be teaching a program online live because we decided to do that last minute too. Like I think maybe a month before I was talking to, to Gwen and we were talking about the course and I was telling her like, Gwen, I'm not really feeling this evergreen, this pre-recorded thing. Like it's really frustrating. I'm like, isn't there another way? She's like, well, you could teach live. I'm like, what? That's an option? Give it to me. And that's where the switch came. That was never the, never the plan. Tell me more about live. Live is a superpower for you. It is. I feel like it's becoming that for me too. Mm -hmm. I would prefer less preparation. I, I feel more authentic when I can respond live. And that comes from a deep-seated trust that whatever is thrown at me, I'm going to respond authentically to myself. Live has been your superpower since 2017, probably well before that. Where does that come from? Loving to talk. Yeah. Um, loving to talk. And my background's teaching. Uh-huh. So I think that's another component. Like we saw a lot of people pop into the course world in 2020, right? Because everything switched to online. And then people were doing masterclasses and things like that. But not everyone knows how to teach. They know how to put content together. They know how to do great copy, great marketing. They don't know how to teach. I know how to teach. I'm a damn good teacher. And that's something I will never be shy about in, in admitting. And so I love to teach. Therefore, teaching in real time and seeing people's faces and helping them problem solve, that's that's my thing. I, you know, so this evergreen thing, I was like, ew, like, how am I creating this course that's evergreen, but I can't hear people's voices? Mm. The educator in me needs to hear their voices, needs to probe them, needs to, to create challenges, and needs to follow along in their journey. And I think, yeah, I've mastered how to teach in real time. It keeps me on my toes. I don't think everyone can do it. Mm -hmm. I do not think it's a skill set that everyone possesses that they could teach in real time and they can navigate things. And the world is constantly changing around us. So in cohort three like that's when instagram started to produce reels yeah and now remember that cohort everybody's like well how do we do reels and i'm and i'm putting this in the course uh in real time in yeah real time that was never a part of the plan and so i think teaching live just rolling with the punches me not only teaching but learning and growing simultaneously with my students mm -hmm. i think that's what sets me apart from other coaches and other speakers mm-hmm mm-hmm Another thing that you've alluded to between the lines is your drive for connection. Uh -huh. And I think that that is one thing that definitely set you apart for me is that I felt like, especially through cohort three, that you had fostered an immediate connection between you and I. Uh -huh. I did not have to win your approval uh -huh. in the class. I didn't have to be an A plus student, but I also felt deep connection to my cohort mates see was a magical group oh no joke like no joke c3 is a is a cohort that is forever just like imprinted in my brain because that group was so social mm -hmm. so social that it was so much and and no shade to my other cohorts but 
C3, there was something different about C3 that felt like every class was a party. <laughs> yeah. And I think some of that was related to this sort of um, on your feet mentality that you were experiencing in part because of the Rachel Hollis talk and in part because some things on socials were changing really, really quickly. And we were just far enough through the pandemic, I think, that people weren't scared anymore. Mm. I think we were all kind of opening our hearts in a different way. Mm -hmm. It was not the first time I had taken online learning, so that probably helped too. But mm. yeah, really special, really special people in C3 to this day that yeah. just make me so happy and I check in on them every day. Yeah. Mm. The Slay the Mic course jam is, I think, as much about transformational change as it is about like healing, mm. healing the things that get in our way when it comes to owning our identity, to say, I'm a human with a voice. Yeah. There's a lot of people come to the course and they're like, I don't know. I'm a human, but do I have a voice? I'm not sure. Why do you think there's such a like intertwining relationship between accepting yourself, healing yourself, and then using your voice? Oh, gosh, that's a really fantastic question. I'm going to try my best to answer it. Um, I think we're living in an age where we are constantly seeing and hearing people in real time. Mm. This is not like back in the 90s or even early 2000s where you had to hear somebody's opinion and events. Now I could take out my phone and I could share my opinion, what I'm doing right now. So we are constantly being bombarded with examples of other people doing it better. Ah. And then people are like, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. I can't. Look at how they do. I can't do that. Look at how they. I can't do that. Look at. I can't do that. And then when you have, add vanity metrics on top of that, <laughs> vanity metrics also confirms you can't do. You that. can't do it. Yes. <laughs> right. Vanity metrics official. You can't do it. <laughs> Only twenty three people think you could do it. <laughs> like, last week you had seventy five people thinking you could do it, but now you drop. <laughs> sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. It really sucks. And so I think with that, like when people step aside and how I, even how I introduced myself, I specifically did not lead with, I am Jam Gamble, connector of people, ideas, and energy, public speaking coach, media personality. I started with, I'm Jam, I'm human. I'm a human with a voice to normalize what I'm doing. Right. Because first and foremost, I am a human with a voice. You are Aaron. You are a human with a voice. The people who are listening to this podcast are humans with a voice. So I try really hard to just show that what I'm doing, yes, I work my tail off to get to where I'm at. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'm a human who believes she could and proceeded. Yeah. And hopes that other people could watch this and go, you know what? I do have something to say. It doesn't have to be something viral. I hate, I like, do you know, how, and I'm going off course here, so to right along, but like, it drives me up the wall when I'm at events and people get introduced based off of their vanity metrics. So-and-so has a 2 million followers and I'm like, and who cares, relevance? Like, that's the kind of crap that makes people think that they can't. Right, right. You can't step on this stage until you have 2 million followers. Until you're this person. You can't be taken seriously. Until you're this person, you cannot say something that's going to change the course of somebody's life. That's BS. And so I I feel like just doing things how I do it and the messaging that I put out there that hopefully somebody will listen and go, you know what? Jam started off thinking she had something to say and it took her 
here, there, and there. I also have something to say. Where is it going to take me? Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question, but there you go. Was there, oh gosh, I mean, like, you know, you've answered the question. Okay. (laughs) Was there ever a time when you thought, I don't think I can do it? Or was there ever a project or a moment or, I mean, you actually, you shared a little bit about the evergreen course, Mm -hmm. but that was more, you could have done it. You didn't want to do it. Was there ever a time when you looked and you said, I can't be that. I'm not that. I don't know if I can be that. Um, yes. When I think about it. So one, when it comes to influencing, there's only so much of that I could do. (laughs) (laughs) And I see other people who like, that's their bread and butter and they do it. And all their stories, all their content is like based off of consumerism. And I'm like, that's not my jam. I don't want like every time I show up to go, Hey friends. So I love this thing. This is my code. Get it. I don't like it. <laughs> no, and you ramp up your audience for when you're going to do that with your influencing time. It's influencing time. People love the song. I'm going to drop the album. It's coming out soon. People I, love the song, but they also, they under, they prepare themselves for. Right, right. But I realized that that is not, that is not how I want to exist in this online space. That's not what I want to be known for. Right. So I dabble in it when I feel very connected to a product or a brand. Other than that, the other time would be, and I've shared this a lot, uh, when I was launching C5, C5, the launch plan happened or was set to happen like mid-January. Yeah. That's when I was targeted in my hate crime. And so I had zero interest or capacity to go online. I didn't feel safe being online. Um, I made my account private, which absolutely affects my metrics and my reach. Cause here I am trying to launch, but if you don't follow me, tough luck, you can't see anything. Um, and I came in my stories and I wrote a paragraph and said, you know, I'm going through something right now. Please do not, you know, um, invade my privacy and try to ask what's going on. I will not be on camera. I will not be doing my lives. I will not be doing anything I'm known to do when I'm getting ready for a cohort. That was probably the first time in a long time where I was like, I can't do this. And then I debated if I, I I don't know if I debated or not, if I could even do this cohort. Right. I don't even think that was an option for me. I think I was just like, well, I told people I'm going to do this, so I got to do this. I'm just going to make modifications to it. Mm. What helped me realize that I could do it, and I think you were one of the people when when I think back was when I said I can't do any of this stuff, I can't and I and I and I came to terms with this might be the worst launch yet. I might get like five people in this cohort. I don't know. And I came out and I said that. And I think again, you and I could I could maybe remember a handful of people who are like, tell us what we need to do. Yeah. We'll talk about it. So when I couldn't and I didn't feel I was capable, you, my community, felt that I still could just in my own way. Well, thank you for that. Right. Thank you for that. And C5 still slowed out. How? Don't know. Don't know. But that was community right there. Yeah. Yeah. And that connection. Yes. It's a major like it's a major value that you live by is that mm-hmm. authenticity and that connection and, and being there for other people. And you have this innate belief that you can help other people. And I wonder how much of that comes from your teaching career before you 
before you, I guess, like pivoted from from teaching to on online from your speaking coach. I'm always teaching. That's the thing, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, Absolutely. I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I set out to know that I could do this. I feel I can. I feel it. Oh, that's different. Yeah. And, and there have been people in the cohort where I'm not getting through to them. I could see it on their face. I've been asked several times if I'm an empath. And I don't think I am. But then there's moments where I'm like, this is pretty empathy. <laughs> um, and I can feel it in my gut. And like, this material is just not, how do I help this person? How do I help this person? Because I could feel physically that I'm not reaching them. And that doesn't feel good. And I don't like this. And I'm going to figure something out to make sure I get through to this person. And so I go back to Gwen saying, in Jam's gut, we trust. And my gut feels off. And that's what I lead with. My gut tells me when something's going on. So I don't have this arrogance of like, I I know I'm going to transform lives. I hope I do. Yeah. I hope I do. I hope I give somebody some peace. I hope I give somebody some clarity. I hope I give somebody some confidence to use their voice and go on to do good, incredible things. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I have that much power to have that, you know, mindset. I know I'm going to do this. (laughs) But you feel, you feel it. I like that. You, you, you're not, it's not always about knowing, but it is about feeling. It is. And every time I have orientation, every orientation, and we're coming up to our eighth orientation in the fall, I'll come upstairs and the husband's like, so how's the group? I go, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> feeling it? I'm, I'm feeling it. Or it's like, I don't know. Oh, no, it's too early to say. <laughs> and you'll be like, you'll get through to them. I go, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, if I can't, only Jesus can. <laughs> it, it really is. It really is my gut. My gut just tells me, you know what? We're going to get through this. And sometimes... Sometimes I don't. I don't know, but something always pulls through at the end. I mean, even in the your body language, the way that you like demonstrated those two <laughs> things, you were like, "Yeah, okay." And you were doing the kind of bounce back and forth, like the boxer, you know, put me in, coach. And then the other one was like, sort of like a different kind of like squirmy body language. <laughs> so I, can- <laughs> I'm sure Alex could tell by the time you you know come up the stairs, he could see it. He knows. I come up and I'm like. Uh, I don't, there was this one, uh, uh, I'll, and I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to quote him. I'm going to say his name because he's cool with it. There was, there was Ryan from C5. He came in the cohort with his wife. He came into the orientation call and we're having our dance party and it was an immediate no for him and he left. <laughs> he, it. he jumped in and he came out. It's that, it's that audio. It's like, I've seen what I needed to see. Immediately no. Immediately no. And he comes in the call to see you and going, yeah, 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 use your voice, use your voice. And he's like, and no thank you. And he, and he dipped, like he was out and his wife sent me a message and I was like, I'm, I'm going to send Ryan a voice note. Ryan, hey, okay, I get it. But you know, don't worry, I got you. And there were many weeks where I was like, how do I get through to him? How do I get through to him? How do I get through to him? Oh my God, how do I get, because I could just feel him through the screen. And it was troubling me. Yeah. And then when he did his jam talk, we all sobbed. Like, faces wet. And then I remember, I heard my husband outside, and I'm screaming, <laughs> go see Ryan. 
And he's like, you got sued? And I'm like, I got sued him. <laughs> I almost gave him a refund. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, you know, I think, you know, in that little moment where you're sort of like, there's so many people who show up and they're not sure, but they trust you. They trust that that you're going to take good care of them and you're going to get them there. Right. Unless you get the Ryan and, and maybe and but you, you don't even even the Ryans of the world. Lots of the people that listen to Medium Lady Talks are folks who are worried about or working their way through the consequences of the penalty of using their voice. They say, like, I want to live more intentionally. I want to set boundaries. I want to claim the space in the world that's made for me. But I'm scared of the consequences. And so I have to share an experience that I had at the beginning of Slay the Mic. I don't know if you, you probably don't remember this. So um, it was exactly related to that. And you had a slide up, which was a car driving through a crowd of people. Yes. The, uh, the surveillance of um, where do you want to take your voice? And we're always... Where do you want to take your voice? And I raised my hand and I said, Jam, if I'm driving that car through the crowd, the thing I'm worried most about are the other people. Yeah. And who might I run over if I take my voice somewhere where I want to go? Yeah. And I think that I've been able to get over that. But how do you help folks like like that who see their voice as actually something that might come with a cost? If I use my voice, there's a penalty on the other side of that. So I'm just going to stay small. Hmm. <sighs> so with that, like, again, I guess it comes down to the nature of your conversation. Mm. Right. And I think, yes, and you know this, we could all focus our energy on what's the worst thing that can happen. Mm-hmm. And when people say consequences, I'm like, what are the consequences? It's similar when we talk about the vocal roadblocks. And I go, how many people, I love doing this in person, especially. I go, who's worried about being judged? And half of the room goes up. And I go, judge by who? They're like, people. Who are the people? Who are the people? And then you just start to narrow. Okay, it's my mom. Well, then block her on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. It's my husband. Okay, then tell your husband whatever. So when we start to think about the consequences, what are the consequences? Please, because consequences is a very severe word. Unless you're going out and you are calling for the execution of somebody or you are going out and you are saying such harmful things, which I refuse to believe that all of your listeners are even capable of that. What are said consequences? Yeah, yeah. What are said consequences? Because when we really think about said consequences, consequences might be someone's mad at me. yeah. What are they mad at you for? Speaking your truth and setting boundaries, then they are the problem. And therefore, they should experience the consequences, not you. So when you really take time to stop and think about what can happen, let's go back to homegirl Rachel. When I did that live, my intention was not to go viral, to not call for someone's cancellation or any of that. I just got tired of answering DMs. Mm. So I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to do a live because live is my jam, as you already said, right? Unfortunately, it turned into an hour because I was, you know, making points. But I specifically said in here, listen, I'm not calling for anyone's cancellation. I'm asking you to be critical listeners. And I'm asking you what this individual is saying. Is it in alignment with your values? Is it in alignment with how you would treat other people? If it is, then peace be with you. If it's not, then I need you to ask yourself, what do I need to do moving forward? Mm-hmm. Even speaking like that and setting the stage like that and not calling for anyone's cancellation. Some of the DMs, I'll never forget one in particular, a person messaged me and said, I'm sick and tired of black people like you making money talking about race. And I'm like, 
Like that, that I felt that like it was to the throat. And I was like, I got to stay offline for a couple of days. Like you're sick and tired of us making money talking about race. Well, I'm sick and tired of people giving us a reason to talk about race. Mm -hmm. So even Mm -hmm. though my, my messaging was clear, my intentions were good. There's always going to be somebody who might have concerns, but I have learned through trial and a lot of error and a lot of tears and a lot of anxiety and a lot of hyperventilating Mm. that I will be damned if I do and damned if I don't. So I might as well be damned for doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's another jamism there. It's another jamism. And here's the thing, going back to the word consequences, when people do things in our society and they face consequences like going to jail, even they get bailed out. <laughs> Whatever this consequence is, we'll find a way to get out of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And sometimes the consequence can be, and we talked a lot about this, and you give people a lot of space to be brave and share this in a safe space, is that what if I publish my podcast, Jan, yeah. and someone comes to me and says, who are you to have a podcast Who's going to even listen to that? Yeah. And it's does sometimes come down to worthiness. Yeah. And it's like, if I keep myself small, then my worthiness never comes into question. Uh Does it suit somebody's narrative? Yeah. And sometimes people are benefiting Uh from staying small, benefiting from not using their voice. But I always say, and I feel like I've come through two years after taking Slay the Mic, that I'm in a point where I can say... Anybody who wants to tell me I'm not worthy based on what I'm doing right now is missing the fact that I was worthy whether I was going to do it or not. But Erin, here's the thing. Somebody coming up to us and telling us something so cruel Mm. and so harmful Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is clearly not normal. (laughs) Well, I would have agreed with you before the pandemic, but post-pandemic, I think there's a lot of really fractured souls out there. There are a lot of fractured souls. But what I, the reason why I say that is that when people make these comments, mm-hmm. we are like a deer in headlights. Yeah. And we're not able to, in that moment, defend ourselves. If we were able to, in that moment, defend ourselves or even just process, take a second to process this person's comments then we know that that, those person's comments are coming from a place of harm. Mm -hmm. This is a person who's not my people. My people would never say this to me. My people would never belittle me. My people would never make me feel that I can't start something. Clearly, you are not my people. And therefore, if you are not my people, you are not my, my audience. And if you're not my audience, then I have nothing to say to you. Yeah. Respectfully. Or disrespectfully, because I might cuss them out. But like, <laughs> this is the thing. The only people who do that are people who have a fear that you will do well and they don't want to live to see it. So let me crush you now. Let me crush you right now before you even begin. I always say we could take comments like that and it's going to be poopy. I'm not going to curse on your podcast, but we're going to take that because that's poop. That's the poop emoji right there. But poop emoji is used as manure and manure helps things grow. So I'm going to take that poop that you have served me and I'm going to put it in my garden. Thank you. Thank you for the sweet free manure. And I'm going to put this in my garden and it's going to grow. And when it grows, you're the first person I'm going to give a rose to. A rose with thorns, mind you, but I'm still going to give you one. <laughs> These people are not for us. And I'm sorry for the people who allow those types of individuals to get in their way 
of their potential. Yeah, because the manure, the manure can feed something other than roses, right? I could take that manure, I could use it to really fertilize my sense of anxiety, my yeah. sense of my lack of self-worth, my, my, my sense of guilt. I think my brain is just geared to, ew, no. Yeah, yeah. If I had listened to my teachers, if I had listened to my bosses who told me to dumb it down, if I had listened to my coworkers who told me I talk too much, I'm always yippee, 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 yippee. If I listened to those people, Slay the Mic would not exist. Wow. If I had listened to those people. I have heard this all my life. You talk too much. You talk too much. When don't you talk? I listen, I heard it so much. I don't know at what point where I shook that off and said, wait, no, the things I need to say, I know it's going to benefit people. Yeah. And therefore I'm going to talk. Someone just asked me the other day, like, what would you tell your younger self? And I'm like, I would tell baby jam right now you are around people who don't appreciate your voice, but one day there will be people who do. Mm. So yeah, we can let those people get in our head and you know what? It will get in our head. I'm not going to act like it's not. It will get in our head. It will get in our heart. It will knock us off our feet for a moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we have to make the decision that our, our, our vision, our goal, our purpose is far greater than this irrelevant person's opinion. And sometimes the person who's irrelevant is the person who is closest to us. That's a whole other ballgame in itself. But we have to get back up. And I think that the, the act of getting back up, because I'm a very visual person. So even as I'm sharing this example, I'm visualizing the acts of getting back up. It's not meant to be right away. Mm. We get knocked down. Yep. We cry. We check ourselves for wounds. We sit there and wallow a little bit. We get up. Our posture is a little slum, but we're up. Mm -hmm. You know? And then we stand a little bit taller. And then we're like, I don't know. And then we wander around and we eventually hear somebody who says, are you okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then that just gives us that boost to like mm -hmm. press on. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. How do you get people to start small? What's your advice for people who are feeling down or feeling knocked down or scared to step into a new space that they hear, they hear the space calling to them? That's how I felt when I started the podcast is I was like an even medium lady is, <laughs> it sounds dramatic, but I was like, it was either create or die, mm -hmm. you know, like it was it was a make or break moment. And I just had to start trying. Mm -hmm. And I think it was very much, you know, like my first followers were my uh, close colleague and my mom and my aunt. Your mom. <laughs> oh, my mom. Yeah. Hi, mom. <laughs> uh, and my mom, you know, my mom is very, very supportive. And I'm very lucky because I feel like even when it comes to my voice, both of my parents always treated me like I had something interesting to say. I know not a lot of people grow up in that environment, but if someone's going to start small, what kind of advice do you want to, would you give people? I think again, going back to what I said earlier on about the, the, the current times that we're in, we have this misconception that the only place we could be heard and taken seriously is online or when other people could hear it and measure it to tell us that we're doing well. For the people who are listening who are parents, the most important audience you have is your children. Wow. And every day you use your voice to encourage them, to cheer them on, to read them their favorite story before bedtime, and you become a whole different person. You know the children's stories exercise, right? 
when we just really think about all the places we use our voice other than online, we will see that every day we impress somebody. We will notice that every day we encourage someone. We will realize every day we say something that has an impact to, to improve someone's overall sense of self and well-being. It's not just online. Wow. We talk everywhere. That's pretty powerful. What are you going to say today? What are you going to say today? But also like some of our most meaningful conversations happen offline. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things I do offline that nobody knows about and they don't need to know about it. I don't need to know about it. The people that I had that conversation with are the only people who need to know about it. And so, yeah, if I was to look at how my voice is performing online, well, according to Instagram, it's not doing so well some days, <laughs> right? I lost 600 followers. My reach was this last week. Now it's plummeted. If I was to only look at that, let me tell you, I would have counted myself out as a speaker a long time ago. Mm. But when I'm in the grocery store... And I tell something to someone that maybe changes the course of their day, or I have a chat with someone on the street. I see how my voice is working in more meaningful ways. And that's starting small. And it's actually, it's not even starting small. It's starting meaningfully. Right. Of course. Yeah. Right. Because when we take our voice online and on these platforms, we have to have a plan. We have to have a plan. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start off with an introduction and then I'm going to do that. And I think these are things that people want to know when you just go out into this wild world of ours and you just talk, you see your voice used in such incredible ways that that's the conversations I need us to focus more on. Wow. And that's what's going to really give us the motivation to go, if I can do this here, why can't I do it here? Yeah. Is that a vice versa? Yeah. You're giving me a total light bulb moment because I do think that we have and maybe this is post pandemic is we have ranked our online voice higher than our in person voice and our in person connections are not as hot ranked as highly as our vanity metrics or our followers or how many times a reel played or what's gone viral or what's got a lot of engagement online that's a really yeah starting meaningfully I'm not going to forget that's incredible I've never said that before, so please write it down. Okay, very good. There's a transcript happening in the background. If I've ever thought about like how I use my voice and how I want it, like for it to impact people, I think about like when I was a kid and how my teachers made me feel. Mm. And then as an educator myself, when I was in the classroom, mm -hmm. it's like, how am I using my voice with my students? Because they will remember. They will remember 10, 15, 20 years from now, that teacher. And there are many, there are many students, I'm sure if they were to listen to this, like, well, you know that time when you yelled at me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I did. And I stand by it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I stand by it. I stand <laughs> no, by my it. husband's a teacher and he comes home and he's like, well, somebody had to get it today. Somebody had to get it. And I I'm hope sorry. that was a pivotal moment for them. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like... Those to me, like I could, I could recall those moments online. I could only recall those moments if somebody takes time to message me and let me know. Oh, yeah. That they were there and they heard you. And that they were there and they heard it. And this is how my words impacted. Yeah. And without that, without that, it's hard. It's really hard to know. Yeah. You can flounder a little bit. So, for example, I do a daily gratitude on my stories and I just check in. I love Thank it. you. Mm -hmm. And... And I get like people hearted or whatever, but I, I, I do it first for me. It really has changed my life. But I hear through this, through the grapevine that a friend of a friend is 
really, it's a really important part of their routine to check in mm-hmm. with the gratitude stories. Yeah. Or somebody who I didn't know was watching DMs me and says, I've been watching this for a year and I just had this experience today and and I thought of you immediately and I had to tell you about it. Or I had somebody sent me a video of gratitude with their kindergarten class. Passing a gratitude rock and says, you inspired me to bring this to my class. Oh, my God. She didn't have the faces of the kids, but their little voices. I want to cry. I did. I I did. And and you're right. Like, those are beautiful moments. But I don't know because I send the gratitude out in the universe and people embrace the content or they swipe to the next story, which is their prerogative. I'm so glad you said that because... This is the thing. When you are truly connected to your voice and you truly love and trust and honor your voice and believe that it will be used in a way that sometimes you don't even set out for it to be used in that way. Because again, back to vanity metrics, people are like, I put my heart out. I was vulnerable. I spoke my truth. And only 37 people told me that they appreciated it. And nobody left a comment. Therefore, I'm never going to say this ever again. I'm never going to be vulnerable ever again. I speak without expectation. Yeah, yeah. My goal is not to go viral. My goal is not to increase my follower count. In fact, I block and delete people on a regular. (laughs) You're a weird account. You're blocked. My goal is to use my voice in a meaningful, intentional, and positive way that I'm not always going to get that gratification. I'm not always going to get that confirmation that my voice helps somebody. But when I do, it's going to be, oof, right? Because you never never thought, like, that's what's going to happen. I was at a PR event a couple weeks ago. I was at the Nick's birthday party. And there are people who are like blue check mega people who they follow me, I follow them. They've never really engaged in my content ever. We finally meet in real life. And the first thing every single one of them had to say was, I need to stop and thank you for your messaging. Amazing. Right? So there are always like, there are going to be people who take in what we say and they're never going to click like, and they're never going to kick, you know, put a comment then that's their way for some people of acknowledging that, yeah, I'm here too, but I don't want anybody to know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we cannot just rely on what people say online as a measuring stick of how well and how Mm -hmm. impactful our voice is. We just have to really believe that if I'm putting good out into this world, it is helping somebody. I just haven't met Mm -hmm, them yet. mm -hmm. And it's helping me. And it's helping, and it's helping me. Yeah. And I love that you said like when you do your gratitude videos, the first person it's impressing as you. Mm-hmm. That's me. There's times like I'm, I've, I've recorded a story, whatever like that. And my husband's in the kitchen and I'm in the living room dying. He's like, what's so funny? I'm like, it's a video I posted. <laughs> I'm so funny. Yeah. I'm my first biggest fan. If I'm not wowed by it, it's not, no, I need to, I need to be wowed by my things too. And, and a true test of this is when I do an Instagram live, you know I have the ability to talk for like seven hours. <laughs> and I never remember what I'm going to say. I never remember what I said. But now that I have a social media manager, she re-watches my lives and then she splices them into the 25 reels. And there are times there, I'm watching back my video. I'm like, I said that. I said that? Oh my God, that was good. That, that's <laughs> Save. <laughs> Save that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm saving my own reel. I said that. <laughs> oh, <you are> <laughs> 
I'm my, I'm the first person I got. But listen, wow. that should be true for everybody. Yes. That should be true for everybody. But we yeah. deserve that. But again, bring it back to our kids. Bring it back to kids. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if it was in C3. It might have been in C3 or it might have been in C4. But there was a parent who again, felt this way about their voice and their child walked into the, into the kitchen or something. And I was like, can I ask them a question? And I was like, did mommy read the story to you? And they're like, yeah. And I go, how did mommy's voice make you feel? And the child's like, it was fun. And it made me feel safe and it made yeah. me feel loved. And this mom was just destroyed. I'm like, you want to impress people on the internet? Meanwhile, this human right here is listening to every single word that comes out of your mouth. And they just said this about you. Come Wow. I wish Bowser could tell me how I made him feel, but he's a dog. <laughs> that is so mind changing that. And, and of course, you know, every interaction as a parent is not necessarily laden with positivity and warmth and safety. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you've got to get your boots on because we are late. And, <laughs> but it's powerful. It's powerful how you tell people, how you tell your kids, we're late, right? It's it's important. It really matters. You know, you should think about doing a Slay the Mic for parents. I'm sure you've thought about it. I'm sure you've been asked. I've heard people have said this all the time. And I'm like, you know, like I'm a pretend parent, maybe because like I don't have them overnight, but like I've been with kids all my life. So I, I feel like I know how to talk to kids, but children are really powerful humans they see us and hear us in a way that if we just took a second to talk to them and get feedback from them Mm -hmm. it could really help us kind of figure out like how we're showing up how we're sounding i'll never forget years ago maybe like 10 no my god no he's like 15 now so yeah maybe 10 years ago um when i was teaching i had a student who had a rare condition called arthrogryposis and I actually worked with his mom when she was pregnant with him. She wasn't aware that he was going to be born with this rare condition. So fast forward five years later, he becomes a student at my school. He becomes my kiddo. And there was a day where I was so grumpy. I was grumpy. I was irritable. I wasn't treating him with the typical loving self that I am. And I could see it on his face. Mm-hmm. And he's nonverbal. So he can't go home and yeah. tell his mom that Jaja, because that's what he called me, that Jaja was being mean. Who's going to know? But I saw it on his face and I was like, is Jaja being mean? And his head just went, Mm. I was like, I'm so sorry. Jaja's sorry. I was being grumpy. You didn't deserve that. He checked me. Yeah. He checked me. Not a colleague. He checked me. So I think, again, for the parents who are listening, ask your child, what is something I said this week that Mm. made you feel good? What's something I said this week that made you feel safe? What's something I said this week that made you go, oh, I never knew that before. Mm. We are listening. Just, I don't know if we're asking them enough. No, I mean, I've got three. I don't think I've asked them at all. Three? You got 3,000. Three, 3,000. It's the same amount. It's a lot of kids. It really is. And a dog. And a turtle. I want a turtle. He's like, he's as old as my husband almost. Nick got the turtle when he was wow. five and he's 40. So our turtle's 35 years old. Yeah. Oh my God. When we got married, my mother-in-law was like, here you go. Here you go. <laughs> wow. We talked about advice that you've given. I mean, this whole episode is laden with amazing, amazing advice. And I was going to ask you the question, you know, if you could take a time machine back 20 years, if you take a time machine forward 20 years, 
But I saw recently your reel where you were being interviewed and they said, what advice would you give your past self? So I'm going to ask you a different question. Okay. I want to know what is the best piece of advice you ever got? <sighs> I'm sure there's a lot that I've missed or I've just, I, I used it and applied it and it, it went out into the universe of somebody else. Um, but when my husband and I met, we were we were chatting and he was telling me something about his family. I don't know how this conversation came up, but it did. And his aunt told him, work hard for your name for 10 years so that your name could work for you for the rest of your life. He told me this advice 10 years ago. Mm. I like to believe that my name is working pretty well for me now. I think so. Yeah. No doubt of that. I think I heard that and I was like, and then look at that. The husband just texted me right now. I think when I heard that, I was like, okay, work hard for my name to build it. And then it's going to work for me. Wow. I got chills. That advice never left me. And I think I've been steadily doing it. Okay. Now, just as much as we talk about great advice, let's wrap up and talk about the worst advice you ever had. Yeah. So um, there was a year where I was teaching and I had applied for a ton of permanent positions and I wasn't getting anything. And I was going into those interviews, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, so excited, talking about my work, um, supporting students with developmental disabilities, talking about how long I've been doing this. Because I always joke that I'm that girl back then that if you met me at a party and you asked me what I did, I talk about my kids until I'm blue in the face. I'm like, oh my God, my kid's this and my kid's that. And then people are like, how many kids do you have? I'm like, no, they're not my kids, but like... <laughs> I love them. They're like, like they're my own because I loved my students like they are my own, especially working with students who have developmental disabilities, who are nonverbal. Oh God. Like I could just oh, cuddle all of them. And I was going to every interview, just going, I love this about them. I do this and I do that. And I do this and I do that. And I wasn't getting any interviews. So I asked one of my male principals, can you give me some advice? not getting these jobs because you're my main reference. And he told me to dumb it down, he told me to dumb it down. And I listened. Wow. I left out all the trimmings. It was a super lean, dry turkey. <laughs> this is who I am. This is what I do. If I don't know what to do, I'll go on Google or talk to my colleagues. Like bare bones, bare bones. Left out all the jam, jam goodness. Mm -hmm. And I shrunk myself. Down to the point that not only did I dumb it down in interviews, I'm known to be someone who was really expressive in how I dress. I had my bright eyeshadows. I had my bright outfits. And people were threatened by how I carried myself that I got so bothered with all these comments that I started to dumb down how I dress. And I went through that for a couple of years. And then I finally got to a point where there was a principal I worked with who just caused me so much emotional harm mm. that I think at that point, I was like, I got to stop this. This is not who I am. This is not how I sound. You're going to get everything. And if you don't like it, then fine. The right school will pick me up at some point. So that was probably the worst, the worst advice. And then I think as a kid, to be seen and not heard, talk less, listen more, talk less, listen more. Talk yeah. Less. When you interview, you can't talk less and, you know, listen more. You have to have a conversation. That's right. Yeah, you have to have a conversation. So those are things that have always stood out to me. And I'm so glad I let go of that advice because it wasn't serving me. Yeah, you know, we take these, we take advice from people in power and we 
I have definitely done this where I assume that person knew better than I did. Absolutely. And I assume that advice from a person in power is good advice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just turned 40 and wow, the tables turned on that. Mm. Like almost overnight mm. felt felt as wise as my years yeah. and thought there's very little power I can give away now. But it felt related to age, you know, like I think even my 30 year old self would have done that. My 20 year old self definitely did do that. Did you cry when you turned 30? Did I cry when I turned 30? I cried when I turned 30. No, no, I'm not. And it wasn't about aging. It okay. wasn't about aging. I cried because I felt like, well, I'm in my 30s now. I can't mess up. Oh, like, yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Like figuring things out 20s. Right. Like, you've been married for a few years. Are you going to have kids? What about this? What about that? Like, I feel like I had to know what the hell I was doing. And I cried. And then I recorded a vlog and I put it on YouTube. <laughs> I was so emotional. Ah, but don't you just want to wrap your arms around 30-year-old Jam and say? Yeah. I think I, I think I would have, like, laughed with 30-year-old Jam. I don't know if I would have wrapped my arms. I would have been like, guess what? You're going to keep crying. But it's okay, baby. <laughs> You're going to cry at 31 and 32 and 33 and 34 and you're going to cry at 35 because those people who you thought were your best friends are not your friends anymore. So you're going to go through that and then 36, you're going to be like, I don't know, what am I doing? Like, yeah, that's what I would, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm already planning my 40th birthday party. It's going to be huge. You're coming. Everybody's oh, coming. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be a big, it's going to be a big party, but I don't think I will go back in time and change much. No. I think... All the things I've went through, all the things I've experienced, all the things I've done wrong are now potential keynotes. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. Sign me up. I'm here for it all. It's going to be great. Jam, this has been an incredible conversation. I'm smiling from ear to ear. I know we could continue to talk for hours and hours. Well, we will when we finally go for dinner. Well, let's figure that out. Yeah. And you live close enough. I know. I know. It's my 3,000 children. And your 3,000 engagements. Well, I'm not working for July or August. Okay. okay. Um, Jam is resting. Yeah. Jam good. is, what did I say? Uh, Jam is outside eating, living, and twerking. Mm. Um, and I don't care about anyone's personal development because July and August is for my personal development. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you friends in September. <laughs> Jam, for people listening, where can people find you? Where can they learn more about Slay the Mic? How can they get on the wait list? Yes. I remember back in the day when people asked me that. I mean, you can find me on Twitter. Not anymore because that platform sucks now. You can find me on Instagram. TikTok is not my jam. Um, I am Jam Gamble on Instagram. I am jamgamble.com for my website and for everything you need to know about Slay the Mic program, um, slayerofthemic.com. But really, Instagram is the better place to go because I feel like it's just non salesy. Mm. Um, but at the same time, if you have any questions about the program, DM me and I'll probably answer in a voice note. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's my thing. Yeah. That's my thing. But CA coming in the fall. Oof. Can't believe when I started C1, I know we're done the interview, friends, but when I when I started C1, I cried. I was full with a lot of anxiety, a lot of imposter syndrome. And I started C1, went through the emotion to C1, did C2, went through the emotion to C2, and now I'm at C8. So I share that to encourage whoever has something they want to start. Aaron, what podcast episode are you on? 74. There you go. Mm-hmm. Right? I bet when you recorded podcast episode one, you're like, oh, can I do this? Should I do this? Yeah. Now you're at 74. Yeah. So just start something. Yeah. I've said that I wanted a podcast for 10 years. Mm-hmm. 
And the only thing that got me a podcast was making a podcast. Yes. There was no permission. There was no class. There was no equipment. There was no gift from the heavens above. Actually, there was for you. Oh. Your natural ability to talk oh, to me. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. But but it was it was me. I just had to start making it. I had to start putting one episode in front of the other. And you're putting one cohort in front of the other. So. Yeah. And look at us. We're doing it, right? So hopefully anybody who listens to this, it's going to give them... I don't want to say the permission because I'm assuming that everyone who listens to your podcast are adults who pay taxes. Um, <laughs> therefore, they don't need a permission slip. They could sign their own. So just as a reminder that if there's something you want to start, start it because five years from now, you're going to be celebrating it. Yeah. And if you work for your name for 10 years, your name's going to work for you. Ah, I'm looking forward to retirement. I don't think I'm capable of retiring. But no. I could slow down at some point and know that my, my, my name will carry me forward. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for your time today. You, you are so fun. wonderful. Thank you. This was fun. It was. It was really, really great. Thank you everyone for joining us and listening to this chat today. Jam and I know that your attention is a valuable, precious resource. And we're really, really grateful for your uh, time with us today. If you have any thoughts and opinions about this episode, please connect with me. I'm at medium.lady on Instagram. You can connect with Jam at I am Jam Gamble. We would love to know what you thought of the episode. In the meantime, we want to tell you that we think you're doing a really, really good job. And we love you very much. So we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Please make sure to reach out and connect on Instagram with me. I can be found at medium.lady over there. If you have any feedback about today's conversation, you can head to the pink tile in my feed for the latest episode and we can always continue the conversation over there. If you like this podcast, please make sure to share a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you love this podcast, please share it on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for growing our community. Finally, be sure to follow this podcast wherever you're listening and make sure your notifications are on. Don't forget, you're doing such a good job. Bye.